Welcome to Manic Flow Money, a simple approach at looking at the world we live in and what could be affecting our asset saving and retirement choices. Here's what we have today. It's a report conducted by the central banks as well as the Bank for International Settlements. Let's first pause. Let's take an overview of what the Bank for International Settlements is because their mission is to serve central banks in the pursuit of monetary and financial stability to foster international cooperation in those areas and to act as a bank for central banks. It was established in 1930. The Bank for International Settlements is owned by 62 central banks representing countries from around the world. Together, they account for about 95% of the world GDP. Its head office is in Basel, Switzerland, has two representative offices, one in Hong Kong, one in Mexico City. The pursuit of mission is founded by fostering discussion and facilitating collaboration among central banks. Part two, supporting dialogue with other authorities that are responsible for promoting financial stability. Part three, carrying out research and policy, analysis of issues and relevance for monetary and financial stability. Part four, acting as a prime counterparty for central banks in their financial transactions. And five, serving as an agent or trustee in connection with the international financial operations. Part of the work is in the area of monetary and financial stability. We regularly see them publish their analyses and international banking and financial statistics that underpin policymaking, academic research, and public debate. With regard to their banking activities, their customers are the central banks and international organizations. They do not accept deposits from or provide financial services to private individuals or corporate entities. Now, let's see why this is important. Because the central banks and BIS published the first central bank digital currency, CBDC. The very first report laying out key requirements. Press releases on October 9th, 2027, central banks and the BIS released a report assessing the feasibility of publicly available CBDCs and helping central banks deliver their public policy objectives. The report outlines foundational principles and core features of a CBDC, but does not give an opinion on whether the issue is good or not. Central banks continue investigating CBDC feasibility without committing to issuance. However, we know as previously reported on this channel, what's going on in the Bahamas and Sweden? Who's going to be first? Well, a group of seven central banks, together with the Bank for International Settlements today, that would have been October the 9th, reported identifying the foundation principles necessary for any publicly available CBDCs to help central banks meet their needs. I'm going to put a link to the PDF that has this report. Because I want to read the executive summary. Here it is. Executive summary. Central banks have been providing trusted money to the public for hundreds of years as part of their public policy objectives. Trusted money is a public good. 
It offers a common unit of account, store of value, and medium of exchange for sale of goods and services and settlement of financial transactions. Providing cash for a public use is an important tool for central banks. Yet the world is changing. Even before the pandemic, cash was used in payments, was declining in some advanced economies. Commercially provided fast and convenient digital payments have grown enormously in volume and diversity. To evolve and pursue their public policy objectives in the digital world, the central banks are actively researching the pros and cons of offering digital currency to the public, a general purpose central bank digital currency, otherwise known as CBDC. Understanding of CBDCs has advanced significantly on the last few years because things are rapidly moving. Published research and policy work and proof of concept from central banks have gone long ways towards establishing the potential benefits and risks. For the central banks to continue contributing to this report, the common motivation for exploring the general purpose CBDs is its use and means of payment. Providing cash to the public is a core responsibility of the central banks and public good. All the contributing central banks commit to continue providing cash as long as there's public demand. Yet, the CBDC could provide a complementary central bank money to the public, supporting a more resilient and diverse domestic payment system. It might also offer opportunities not possible with cash and supporting innovation. And I'll digress because cryptocurrency is going to explode again in 2021. The use of the digital coin in the public sector and the private sector is going to explode and merge together. It's kind of what is happening in the DeFi world right now. If you follow crypto, I'm going to leave some links to some of my favorite crypto content creators as well. But back to the issue of CBDC and the issuance and design of sovereign decision to be made by each jurisdiction. That means each country, each central bank. The report is not about if or when to issue the CBDs. The central banks will make that decision for their jurisdictions in constitution with the government and the stakeholders. None of the central banks contributing to this report have reached a decision whether or not to issue a CBDC. That's what the report says. Instead, the report advances the foundational international work by outlining common principles and the key features of a CBDC and supporting the infrastructure that would need to in order to contribute to the central bank public. You know what all this really means is regulations. They're trying to figure out how to regulate the potential use of a digital coin in sovereign nations where there's central banks. We have the Federal Reserve. The principles emphasize that. A central bank should not compromise monetary or financial stability by issuing the CBDC. Part two, a CBDC would need to coexist with a complement existing form of money. We have cash, fiat, Federal Reserve notes. Part three, a CBDC should promote innovation and efficiency. The crypto world and blockchain is ready for you. Because the possible adverse impact of a CBDC on bank funding and financial intermediation, including the potential for destabilizing, runs into central bank money. It has, it's been a concern of central banks for years. That's why they haven't really been able to move forward. Look, the next stage of the CBDC research and development is going to emphasize on individual and collective practical policy. Some, some common man Main Street stuff. This will be sold to the Main Street public as safe and more secure. 
when at the end of the day, it is, but it's also more controlled. Look, a CBD could be an important instrument for central banks to provide a safe means of payment. But the wider digitalization of people's day-to-day lives, public trust in central banks, and central to monetary and financial stability, it provides the public good of common unit and an account of a store of value. Imagine being able to pay for all your utilities with your digital currency. And it was all done transactionless so fast and so cheap. The final paragraph says this, the group of central banks will continue to actively and collaboratively figure something out on CBDCs. The further exploration, practical implications, the core values are, are there. They're trying to figure out the features and services. The roadmap on cross-border payments and how they're going to work, XRP, we will, they're going to further figure this out with the bank international settlements and these banks are going to work together. If you understand what this means, then it's time to start hedging. It's time to start preparing. If you don't know what this means, then go and do your research. That's what this is designed to do. If if you've never heard of CBDCs and you don't understand what that means in regards to central banks and geopolitical stability, especially in the financial sector, take some of the links in this. Go do your own research because blockchain is here to stay. And if you're not sure what blockchain is, it's a real simple, here's the definition. It provides an immutable or public record of transactions performed across a network without the need to rely on an intermediary such as a central bank. Do you see how this kind of works in parallel but also separate? It's a concept that brings together economics and digital technologies in a way that's never before been conceived. Blockchain enables not just new means by which to deliver financial services and support cryptocurrencies, but can also reshape and redefine government, legal services, accounting, insurance, supply chain, and energy distribution. I want to end today with an article. It was written on the 12th, which is today when I'm recording this video. It's written by Amanda Rourke. You can find it on Digital Frontiers. The title of the article is called Tech for All, Access, Rights, and Innovation Moving Forward. Digital technologies are quickly becoming an everyday necessity. And what can we do to bridge the gap of inequality and establish a digital technology that's right for all? She used an awesome approach. I'm going to leave the link to the video or the the article. She's trying to help us understand that daily life in the United States of America has gone through a distinct change. In a few short months, the pandemic has forced many families to adapt to digital forms of work, education, and socializing. Some families have made the digital shifts with relative ease, and some have struggled, calling attention to the increasing digital inequality in our society, much like the healthcare with thousands of Americans isolating across the country and digital spaces become essential, the coronavirus pandemics created a unique opportunity to address the right technology in the right spaces and the right access for everyone. So what does it mean moving forward? Well, it means that you need to have the ability to have access to participate in the digital economy. We just, I just covered what's happening with CBDCs. 
the merge and their parallels and how this is going to be regulated as as decentralized decentralized blockchain meets centralized digital currency it's going to explode we're going to hit fomo here in the last quarter of this year and then 2021 is going to explode please stick around i'd like to be able to share some opportunities about how to participate Potentially, you don't know how to get involved in a home-based business. Maybe you are looking for a side hustle. Maybe you need just a little bit of extra income a month. Who wouldn't? Stick around. At the end of this video, I'm going to finish this article and I want to share an opportunity about learning a skill set to participate in the financial and digital world. It's a supportive community. But back to the article. Again, written by Amanda Rourke. And she finishes with this. Look, a tech for all society would encourage people to go outside their comfort zones, to learn something new and beneficial to their everyday lives. Because in general, the world is slowly coming around to the realization that we must shift to a tech for all mindset. A mindset to combat the growing digital inequalities. Although these inequalities have existed for some time, the broad differences in access to the digital technology has only been exasperated by the pandemic. Overcoming this imbalance will require more than just changes in the way that we view technology. It requires the action and collaboration of many people to make an impact. And these measures can take on multiple manifestations, like expanding internet services to poor countries and communities, getting devices in the hands of disadvantaged people, and creating means for socialization through connected devices, like smartphones. It may be a long road ahead, but any battle against inequality is worth the fight, including tech, including access, and including a way for you to control your financial freedom. I want to end today's video with an opportunity and an introduction to you all in regards to Epic. Epic is a global company that provides the environment for people of all backgrounds to learn the lifelong skill of Forex trading while also pursuing their financial dreams and goals. The executive team has more than 100 years of combined successful business in multi-level marketing, and Epic has industry-leading Forex traders and trainers. It's a 100% debt-free company. But here's why I'm excited about the opportunity. I was looking for an opportunity. I was learn, looking for something to learn, a skill set that would provide me the opportunity to become financially free, to work anywhere I want to work, when I want to work, and why I want to work, to be in control of my schedule, my mindset, an epic has that they have a learning platform and a services that is unparalleled to anything that I have found out there so this is the first reason why I got super excited I'm gonna share more of this opportunity later but no, I just want to share two things one is this the epic services in the back office is amazing live sessions three times a day with expert traders trying to help you improve your skill set and become 
a trader in the Forex exchange, the foreign market exchange. You're going to get daily signals from the Epic News Network. That's a telegram chat. You're going to have three different ones. You're going to have the news network, which is going to load you up with everything daily. You're going to have the signals chat. Now, that's where the expert traders, we're talking six, seven, eight-figure traders, are sharing their analysis, their workup, and their trades for you, for us, the community, the team, the company. You're going to get Epic University in your back office. What is Epic University? It's a two-week course with a syllabus, with a candlestick Bible. You're going to have to sit down and learn. You're going to have to be prepared to to be successful. You're going to have epic study hall. You're going to have epic trade house, a trading community for you to chat with everybody. That gets filled up. You have this, this opportunity is unbelievable. A, for you to learn a skill set and have amazing trainers and expert traders every day. Five days a week, 24-7. That's what the Forex is. Now, part two. And this kind of came by surprise. I wasn't prepared for this. And we're going to dig into this later as I start to make more videos about this. I'm going to end with this. Part two is the multi-level marketing piece of this. If you want to build a team and you want to help other people learn a skill set and you're really good about promoting an opportunity that has value for somebody looking for it, there's a multi-level commission piece here. It's word of mouth marketing. It's pretty amazing. It's unparalleled. Exceptional people and incredible compensation. As always, every day is a school day and I hope sharing this content will help. If you've made it this far, please smash the red subscribe button and like this video. I'm a Main Street provider, not a Wall Street advisor.